You're listening to From Heaven and Hope, a weekly podcast where Nicole Frazier brings you conversations from those who have been affected by grief. Whether a parent, child, friend, counselor, pastor, or philanthropist, everyone moves through and conquers grief in their own way. We know that what you're facing is a long road, but no matter how dark that road is, there will always be light. There will always be purpose. From where they are in heaven to the hope you need to move forward, we want to help you on that journey. Here is today's episode. So today I am thrilled to have Elizabeth Whalen on the podcast. She's a mother, blogger, and wellness advocate who has a layered story of grief. Both of her husband's parents passed away with very little notice, and while grieving herself, had to navigate supporting her husband and children through it all. She's got some practical tips for anyone navigating this same road. So here she is. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, So anybody listening at home, Elizabeth and I met through the blogging world a few years ago and have stayed connected through our our love of natural wellness. But Elizabeth has a story, a personal experience with grief. So Elizabeth, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, your experience, and why you're here today? Okay. Um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina with my husband, and we have two kids. We have a five-year-old little girl, Madeline, and a two-year-old little boy, Connor. And um, my personal experience with grief started about six years ago. Um, At that time, we had never experienced... um, grief of someone like in our immediate family and um, our world like turned upside down. And one day when um, my husband learned that his father had a glioblastoma, which um, is just the most deadly and aggressive form of a brain tumor. It was located in his brain stem, which is the worst place for it to be. And um, he passed away within eight weeks of the diagnosis And then a couple years later, we also lost his mom to cancer. Um, So we've navigated grief as as young, a young couple um, with him losing both of his parents. Yeah. So how did like, I imagine you guys have been together for a long time. How did you manage your own grief while also supporting Corey's grief and your kids? I don't know that this is the best advice, but this is what I did. It was kind of a triage system for who needs to be taken care of the most. Um, And it was not me in the early days. Um, I was very close with his family. We were together um, a long time before this happened. So I did have my own grief. It changed my day to day, Um, especially losing his mom because she lived in Charlotte just 10 minutes from us. She saw my kids, um, you know, twice a week, every week. but I just had to address everyone else's needs first. Um, as a mom, you, you know, are used to managing your own household. Um, and then you, you just naturally take care of other people first. Um, I remember like the moment I found out just feeling like so much intense pain because I could feel like my grief and everyone else's grief in my house. Right. That's, that's awful. Um, did you have, did you sacrifice some of your, uh, day-to-day needs to support them? Like, how did you, how did you manage that as well as not overwhelming yourself, you know? 
Yeah, I sacrificed um, like my need for alone time and quiet time, which um, my little boy was nine months old when my mother-in-law passed away, uh, which for anyone who has two young kids, you know, you need a few minutes of peace and quiet to yourself a day or or even a week. Um, And that just had to be put on the back burner, which I mean, it created exhaustion, um, but I felt like it was just something that I had to do. I kind of dealt with me later, you know, months down the road. Yeah. How, how did you deal with your own, your own feelings once you did? <laughs> We've both been to therapy um, and, yeah. and for like day to day managing my stress level and anxiety over this, um, we both do meditation, um, my husband especially loves the calm app for just relaxing his feelings um, and kind of clearing his head to be able to relax. Yeah. Uh, I really like love exercise um, just for that stress relief and moving my body makes uh, a world of difference. I feel like with just feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to manage your fear about the, like the disease, like of cancer itself, having it, having have it ripped through your family or like for yourself, for your kids, for your future, or how how do you manage that? My husband and I both have just a great fear of um, disease with our kids and with him. Um, This story actually started like 20 years ago when his father was diagnosed with leukemia and he went through um, the bone marrow transplant when it was like an experimental trial. Um, And then he was, fine for over 20 years. And then his, his second cancer was not even related to that. Um, so then to, when I go to like to the pediatrician and I have to check all the boxes, we check all the boxes, yeah. uh, which creates a lot of anxiety, uh, for me about them getting sick. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of unknown, um, obviously working, um, I work with beauty counter. So working with wellness, we, we see the statistics often, um, but you don't really feel them until you've lived it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now that I, you know, I've seen it in my family um, that, you know, one out of every two men will get cancer, one out of every three women will get cancer. And then I look around the dinner table, it causes a lot of anxiety when I'm counting the people in my family and knowing one of them is going to get this at some point. Right. Um, so just focusing on preventative wellness is pretty much all I can do. Um, we switched to integrative doctors who, you know, focus a lot more on prevention and spend a lot more time with the patient. So we've done that for my husband and my kids. And then I'll probably eventually do that for myself. Wow. Okay. That's, that's actually great. Like practical advice, like for managing your fear surrounding that. Um, I I mean, the, the types of cancer that um, they've experienced are not genetically linked. Um, However, when you, that doesn't always give peace though. Um, obviously when you know you're at risk for a certain kind of cancer, you can be screened, Mm -hmm. but when you look at, you know, we've had between them three different types now, Mm -hmm. um, it may, it feels like an environmental, you know, risk, which there's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We use clean products in our home and Mm -hmm. on our bodies. And we try to eat a healthy diet and a clean diet, um, but it isn't like a helpless thing to think that one of them might get sick one day. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like their, their passing has changed your marriage like at all, like, or, or are you just grateful for just being together? 
I feel like it's made our marriage stronger because um, we, we don't sweat like the small stuff now. I mean, it, not that it's like not annoying sometimes when I see a dirty cup in the sink <laughs> when I could have just put it in the dishwasher or dirty socks on the floor when he could have put them in the hamper right next to it. But that I having been through this and knowing like, that's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, a family member getting sick and your life completely changing is a big deal that little things like that don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. It's not worth a big fight. Um, we uh, were married seven years last year and everyone always talks about the seven year itch and they're like, Oh, you made it through the seven year itch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, it's not even a thing when you've been through. Yeah difficult times. Um, not to say that just the, the stress of losing family doesn't create its own, um, you know, struggles within a relationship and just both of us being tired and, and worn out. Um, but it has just taught us that these little things are not worth arguing over. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and Corey travels a lot for work, or at least he did pre COVID. I don't know what your situation is now. Um, how did you guys like manage your respective grieving periods um, it, while you had to kind of manage your work at home and him traveling for work? So um, he's always traveled um, three or four days a week. That was just kind of our norm for him to leave on Monday and come back on Thursday or Friday. Um, this started you know, way before his dad got sick. Um, when we lost his father, he had a really supportive um, kind of work family that would, you know, they stepped in and helped with things, which helped both of us for him to just not felt, feel so, you know, pulled in, in many directions. Um, but the way the grief of each parent hit our family was different and it hit a little bit harder with his mom just because it wasn't the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so after he lost his mom, he really, really struggled with going away that many days and sleeping in a courtyard Marriott and not seeing the kids, um, just, you know, being alone with his own thoughts in a different space. Um, and he questioned a lot, like, why am I doing this? It was hard for me because I had the kids and no help. And then he was worn out on the weekend. And a lot of times as the support person and for someone, um, going through grief, you want to tread really lightly when they have time to relax and let them, you know, be with their thoughts and, and recharge. So he, um, this is right before COVID, which we haven't, you know, even really shared it with like the blog or on Mm -hmm. Instagram or anything, um, because everyone works from home right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but in February, right before COVID hit, um, so a year ago, he, um, left his job where he traveled so much and he started a firm with a former colleague. And so he'll be at home all the time in the future. And um, the motivation to do that just came from, you know, losing both parents. Life is short. He did not want to leave our kids every day forever. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it it gave us a new perspective on, on that. Like it's not always worth, you know, being away from your family for a paycheck. Yeah. No, that that's great. I didn't realize that. That's really, that's great for him too. And great for you and the kids. Um, when Corey's dad passed away, you hadn't had Madeline yet, right? No. no. Yeah. So how did, how did Corey and you come to terms with her and Connor not getting to meet him, um, at least on this side of heaven? And then, and then how did you explain the passing of Corey's mom to your kids? 
having known her. Yes. Um, So losing both parents, it was hard in different ways in terms of our kids. Um, We found out that we were pregnant with Madeline about six weeks after his dad passed away. Um, And his dad wanted grandchildren so badly. He, um, after we'd been married a couple years, he would constantly joke and give these like not very subtle hints about it, that he was ready. He really looked forward to that phase of his life. Um, so it was very bittersweet to find out so soon after that we were pregnant, but it really just felt like you could see God's hand in the timing. We knew it was going to be, you know, something that would heal our hearts. It was so good for his mom within like 10 months of her being born. She had sold her house and moved like 10 minutes away from us. And she spent a day or two a week helping, uh, helping me and spending time with Madeline. Um, so I, I feel like we had a little bit of peace over that. Um, just because you could really, you know, we knew that he would never get to meet her and he would have loved her and been so obsessed with her, but we could really see, you know, God's hand in it all, which mm-hmm. gave us, you know, that sense of peace, mm-hmm. but we did not feel that, um, with losing his mom, yeah. her situation was a little bit different where, um, she hadn't had any severe symptoms. She'd been to the doctor, um, because she was a little bit short of breath. And then, um, I didn't get better over, you know, just like a month. And Mm. he took her, Corey took her to the hospital and um, they found out that she had cancer and was in multiple organ failure and she passed away within five days. So we didn't have, you know, much time to think about it. Oh my gosh. And then there just wasn't that piece. There was a lot of, you know, asking like, why um, did this happen? She passed away on my dad's birthday, which is also my parents' anniversary. So in our house forever, it's always been like a very happy, joyous day. Um, Mm -hmm. And then having to sit Madeline down and they were just so incredibly close, but having to sit her down on that day and tell her, you know, what happened and that her Nani that she loved so much went to heaven. uh, I mean, that's like a moment that I'll Mm -hmm. never forget and never be able to stop seeing. Um, One thing about grief and loss is that some of those moments get gentler over time, but that's one that will not um, just burned into your memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One slight blessing. And, you know, when we told her is um, about a year before my mother-in-law's dog passed away, he was very old. Um, and she, but Madeline loved him. She loved playing with him. He loved her. Um, but she kind of understood the permanence of loss and death, um, which is sometimes hard for kids to grasp that it really like you can't change it. Um, and I think that kind of helped with with a more significant loss, just because when we told her that her nanny went to heaven the night before, she really understood that she was not going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave her like a little frame of reference, um, but it's still like, it's hard and it's, it, kids are resilient, but it's still, you know, it's a significant loss for them too. Yeah. And it's hard, um, for me and, and Corey to see Connor and know that he's not going to know either one of them. He was nine months old when this happened. Mm-hmm. So he has no memory. Um, and there's only, I mean, a handful of pictures even. Um, and you know, he looks the same in all of them. He's a baby. It's just, 
Now it's hard to know that he won't have the same memories as Madeline. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's tough. And that's a tough thing to reconcile. I imagine too, right? Like, cause it's not, it's, it's managing their grief, but in a completely different way. Cause it's, they're just little, can't really understand what that emotion means or how that feels. So yeah. it's, um, I feel like the way they handle it is different from us. Um, lots of tantrums, um, even things that aren't related. It's just their body's reaction to processing, you know, these big feelings, um, just something to keep in mind too, for any parents who might be listening who have kids that are experiencing grief is that it doesn't always look the way you expect it to look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Corey ha- has a sister, right? Am I right yes. on that? Yeah. <laughs> so was there a lot of um, family time in there? Was there a lot of like with her or just like, did they lean on each other? They did. Um, so the timing of, of this could not have been worse. Um, she and her husband um, moved for one year t- for her to do an accelerated nursing program. Uh, and it, this happened in the middle of it where, um, you know, in programs like that, that are accelerated, you can't take, you know, a semester off or it puts you, you know, two years behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, they did lean on each other, but more like through phone calls um, and, you know, once she, she graduated, she came for an extended very, you know, visit to help with things. Um, but not as much as if it had been at a different time. Right. And I, was there much to sort of like, did everything fall on Corey and his sister to sort of manage like estates and stuff like that? And how did he kind of get through that part? Like just the logistics of, and how did you, you too? The logistics are so hard. Um, and I think that's something that even though he had lost his, his dad, he didn't even realize because, you know, that fell on his mom at that time, just how, how much paperwork there is, which seems so cruel when you're going through, through a time like this to have to sort it out. Um, but his sister did what she could from when she was away and then flew in to help, um, and then Corey just finished doing paperwork like a couple months ago. Um, And I feel that when you have lost a a parent and you have to start closing down, you know, their life, it kind of delays the green, the grieving process because you have to get through the paperwork. There's deadlines and lawyers to pay. And um, even just like realtors will send you letters in the mail about the house. And once, you know, the, the records are public and it's just all very cruel, the paperwork yeah. aspect of losing a loved one. Yeah. Do you think maybe, um, is it, um, I don't know if this is the right word, but helpful in a way to sort of just move you past that first kind of, I don't know, month, two months to sort of just focus on something. I think it it's, does help to give, you know, a task to do a reason you've got to, you know, get up today and you've got to check this off your list because it has to be done today. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you definitely could just, you know, stay in bed after something like this happens and just, but yes, with things you have to do on a deadline and little kids that have to be taken care of, Mm -hmm. you have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe, which is hard, but 
perhaps a blessing to you in a way, um, not one you would choose, but just, yeah, just it re- a, a, forces you to reminds you that there's a lot left in your life. And yeah. 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 Was there anything helpful that your, your friends or your family did, uh, while you both were, were grieving? Like if anybody's trying to support somebody that might be going through it, what would you suggest? What would be your advice? Or if, or if you were to support someone, what would you do now that, you know, I, I think first just to listen, um, everyone grieves differently and it looks different every time it looked different the way Corey grieved his dad, having like a little more time to, to process to, you know, process that it was going to happen. And then, you know, his mom, which was a lot more, more sudden and it looks different, you know, between people, it's not grief is not necessarily linear. So just being present to listen, you know, in the days immediate and even maybe a couple of weeks immediately following a loss, there's just such an outpouring of support. Um, everyone is offering, you know, to bring dinner or to help with something. Um, but then that kind of goes away after a couple of weeks um, as they kind of go back to their regular life. But when it's you and your family that this has happened to, that it doesn't go back to normal after a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So having um, friends who were there to listen, even just sending a text message, just I'm thinking of you, um, you know, you don't have, you don't have to reply. Um, but if you want to talk, I'm here, I'm available. I'd love to get coffee. Um just letting that person that you love know you were there and present and available to listen. Um, and kind of along with that, acknowledging how bad it is. I'm a like glass half full rose colored glasses type person. Um, but that does not help in situations like this. <laughs> it's a lot more meaningful, um, to just be like, this situation is the worst. It really sucks for you. And I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being like, oh, at least um, they're not in pain anymore, or at least, you know, they're with their spouse in heaven, or, you know, mm-hmm. even though we are faithful and, and we believe that they're there together, it doesn't help ease your heart, you know, in those early days to put a bright spin on it. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot better to just acknowledge, um, you know, what's going on and that it really stinks. Um, yeah. That same note, I think, not um, ignoring the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, right after Corey's mom passed, um, one of his friends invited him like to a happy hour to watch a, a football game. And Corey just looked at me and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because of course it is, n- it's, you know, you, yeah. it's nice that they thought of him, but to kind of brush over it, to try to to cheer you up doesn't actually work. I think it's better to just acknowledge the situation and not make it like an elephant in the room that you don't want to talk about, especially when you're talking about losing someone in your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to just act, um, saying, you know, what, let me know if you need anything. Um, it's so overwhelming to think about what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so to just do it is so helpful when Corey, um, received the news about his dad. Um, like my first, you know, after the shock, like my first order of business was to like get his work schedule covered for him to call his assistant and make sure he wasn't having to deal with that. Um, and that he didn't have to ask me to help or ask someone to help to just step in. Um, 
right after we found out about Corey's mom, I had a friend who said, you know, I don't have to work today. I'm going to come over and bring you dinner. I'm going to give your kids their bath and put them to bed. And I really, really needed that, but I would not ask someone to do that. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't even wrap my head around, um, you know, when someone says, let me know how I can help. Um, you know, I think people will politely decline if it's not helpful, but to just give an idea, um, Mm -hmm something specific that you can do. Um, even like, Oh, I'm, I'm running to Starbucks. Can I get you, you know, a a latte or, um, you know, I'm making spaghetti for dinner tonight. Can I bring you spaghetti specifically? Um, can I pick your kids up from school is just so helpful. And I think we need all that, but just even the mental brain power to process what you need in those early days is so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so a specific, you know, action was, was great. And I really remember the people who did that. And I've tried to do that myself for, you know, others who have gone through hard times to be, you know, very specific and intentional to be helpful. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's pretty, a pretty common thread. I think through everybody uh, says that like, just, offer something specific or just say you're going to do it like, because they won't yeah. ask or they won't know mm-hmm. to ask. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think you're um, like, we just got past Christmas. Do you think, do you think traditions have changed? Uh, is there anything special you do to sort of acknowledge Corey's parents? How do you kind of move that into, do you celebrate their birthdays with your kids and how to, like, how do you kind of keep them there with you in those special we moments? Are- we do always talk about them on their birthdays. Um, we try to talk about them often, not just on a special day. Um, we have like my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law's wedding album in our living room. And my daughter loves to look at that. Um, we love to you know, look at pictures. They both kids have uh, little photo albums of pictures with her um, and of the family. We don't do a, a special um, like celebration for them. We just try to incorporate them all the time still. Um, especially knowing, you know, my parents are older, hopefully they'll be around a long time, but I still have to kind of acknowledge that they might, they're probably not going to have grandkids through adulthood or grandparents through adulthood. Mm -hmm. So just keeping the conversation open, you know, about them and letting my kids know that they're very loved. Um, especially Madeline has, has memories. Um, but as she gets older, I worry that she's going to forget them. So um, she, she loves tea parties. My, she used to have a tea party for my mother-in-law like every Wednesday when she would come over. And it, it had been going on about a year before um, Corey asked my mother-in-law where the water was coming from because she wasn't tall enough to reach the sink. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> she'd clearly been filling up her little teapot in the toilet um, and then <laughs> drinking it so when she has tea parties now that she's five we like to tell that story and even though she doesn't really remember doing that it kind of keeps that memory um my mother-in-law was a super neat freak she would i mean (laughs) if she she would have hated to to know that well like you know not a great surprise to to realize (laughs) the water like weekly for a year so (laughs) Um, but just, yeah, just keep, you know, talking to them about these like little everyday things, especially, you know, my mother-in-law was like such an active, um, 
part of Madeline's, you know, early days. And she would just do whatever Madeline said. So we have lots of fun stories about that. And like to look at pictures of them. Holidays are tough now. Um, I'm an only child. And then Corey's sister and her husband, they moved in January to Oregon. Um, and then we live in North Carolina. And then COVID hit. So we haven't even gotten to visit them since they moved. And they haven't been able to come you know, back to, to see us. Uh, so Christmas and Thanksgiving were very quiet this year. I love holidays. Christmas is just my favorite. I like to celebrate it the whole month long. Um, so it was kind of sad this year to just not have a big celebration and not have our house full of people. Um, it, it's an adjustment. I don't, I don't really know what our intention is going forward, um, but hopefully, you know, we'll be able to start doing doing visits again and mm-hmm. get some of that, that big family holiday back. Yeah. And with, and with, with regards to your parents, like you, um, I mean, they're still here, they're still healthy and with you. Do you, now that this has happened with Corey's parents, does it give you a more strong kind of pull to spend more time with them or incorporate their lives into Madeline and Connor's life even? Yeah, they, um, and my parents only live about 45 minutes from me. So we like to spend time with them. They like to come over and play with her. My parents um, both work. They're not retired. Um, and they're both in their seventies. Um, so they don't, they don't have the same, you know, option of coming over every Wednesday mm-hmm. as, uh, as my mother-in-law did, but having this happen, it does, it does show me that, you know, literally today your entire family you know dynamic could change from what it was when you woke up this morning so um you know we call and talk to them every day um we try to do as many visits as as we can um you know I want I want them to have memories of of my parents too right and when you were going through this or now um you mentioned therapy but were there any other resources quotes podcasts song lyrics bible verses anything that you found helpful that someone might reach to if they were kind of in the in the throes of it guided meditation is very helpful for us um i really like yoga um i feel like i i do best as far as clearing my thoughts and really being able to focus when I've, I've moved my body that day. Um, we both really like the calm app for at the end of the day, mm-hmm. just clearing our mind. I don't, I don't think that quotes um, have been very helpful for us. I, I don't feel like, especially with Corey's mom that we're too like the look on the bright, you know, or see the light part of it yet. Um for like the children, there are two books I really recommend uh, if anyone has a child that's grieving. Um, a Hug from Heaven and the Invisible String. Uh, we're really good at just kind of putting, you know, what happened into kids' terms and letting them know that even though their grandparents are in heaven, they didn't abandon them, that they, you know, there's that, especially the book, The Invisible String, that there's that connection from them to the people we love, even when we can't see them or spend time with them. Um, yeah, so that's a good, two good resources for kids. Great. And how do you think you've, uh, things are going now? How do you think you've managed up until now? It's been 
I think almost a couple years uh, since Corey's mom, at least. And then it's been about a year and a half since she passed away. And I think we have, um, we have like good days and bad. Um, Grief is definitely not linear. And I think if you're supporting someone who's grieving, it's a helpful thing to remember is that sometimes it's, you know, a step forward and two steps back. And then sometimes it's, it'll get to two steps forward, but then one step back. So mm-hmm. even though it, it may look like things are getting better or more back to normal, then it's not, that doesn't mean it'll be like that every single day. There are, you know, some days where it just really uh, hits you hard. Um, we were driving maybe like a month ago in the car and we were passing the hospital and Madeline, and she's never said anything like this before, but she looked where there's a stoplight and she's like, can we stop here, mommy? I want to see if Nani is here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, such an innocent kid mm. question to be like, let's just check and make sure that she, you know, really went to heaven and she's not just like on vacation at the, the hospital. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't, that, that is heartbreaking, like on fresh mm-hmm. for me, you know, to, to have to be, she's, she's not there. Um, and then a a lot of times raising kids, you want to ask your parents questions. Um, we are like at the big school decision, you know, time for Madeline, she's starting kindergarten next year. And, uh, we live in a city. So having to make the decision of, do you go to, you know, the city public school or do we, you know, look for other options for her? That's a question you really want to ask you know, someone in your family who has been there and made those decisions before. And my, um, my parents don't have never, they, they lived, you know, in a suburb in a good school district and they never really had to make that choice, but Corey's parents did. And, you know, I mm-hmm. would have really liked to ask them, how did they decide? Um, you know, it's, it seems like such a big decision and to mm-hmm. not have, you know, your own parents to ask about it has been hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it comes in waves and on days like that, when you really need them, mm-hmm. not just want them there, but you really need that, you know, mm-hmm. the support of them or you need their wisdom. It's a fresh hurt. Um, but I mean, over time, the good days get to be, you know, more than the hard days. Mm-hmm. And in those, like in those moments where you feel, like you need them, what, what do you do? Like, what are the things that sort of move you out of that? Um, that's so the sadness doesn't take over for, you know, days on end. Oh, that's a hard, <laughs> that's a hard question. Um, ever, ever since we lost um, my mother-in-law, even like the week it happened, we just had this commitment that we are going to chase joy in our family Um and I feel like we've lived pretty true to that. Um, since then, I, it could certainly swallow you, um, Mm -hmm. especially leaving, you know, someone you love suddenly where there's so many questions of like, how did no one, you know, when you've been to the doctor many times, like how did no one see this? I mean, that could keep you in bed for a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, but just that commitment that especially with little kids in the home that we're, we're going to chase joy and their memory and we're not going to, you know, crawling into bed and being sad isn't doing anyone in our household any good. 
mm-hmm. uh, especially like little kids. They don't understand that even mm-hmm. in their own grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's great. So how do you, how do you find joy? Like you mentioned exercise, just spending time with your kids. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Most, mostly the kids. Um, <laughs> I've got some new hobbies this year. Um, I've taken up gardening. My mother-in-law used to come over and do like all my planters and my flower beds. She would do that as my mother, uh, my mother's day gift every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of fun to make that a hobby um, for our whole family. And then we can talk about her, you know, while we do it. Um, everyone loves flowers. Madeline loves flowers and Connor loves them. And it, you know, it gives us all something to do together and a, kind of a chore to keep you busy too. Yeah. Yeah. And while that may not work for everyone, I, I think when you're going through grief is a really good time to find a new hobby. Yep. I would agree. Um, Okay. So is there anything else you want to share? Anything else that you found valuable or that you think anybody could take away from this conversation if they're trying to move through grief or trying to support someone who's grieving? I think just remembering that, it, it isn't the same for everyone and that grief is surprising sometimes um, even, you know, a long time can pass and you feel like it's fine and you can be surprised at what sets you off um, and that it doesn't always look the way you might think. Sometimes it doesn't look like sad lying on the floor, but it looks like you're angry over nothing. Um, and just knowing that you might surprise yourself or that that person you love might, you know, surprise you by not reacting, you know, in the way that you thought it thought they would, that giving a lot of grace to yourself and to, you know, whoever else in your home or your life is grieving um, is so important. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Uh, where can everybody find you if they're listening, Where if they want to okay. find more about you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Blush Magnolia blog um, or at blushmagnoliablog.com. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. So there you have it, Elizabeth Whalen. I love her. I've followed her blog for so long and um, I just feel very connected to her spirit. So I hope you did too. I hope you took away something from this conversation. She left a lot of tips and I'm going to include all the links that she mentioned in her show notes. So go check those out if you're looking for them. Take care, everybody.